You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. or 7 p.m. Psalm 16, protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble in whom is all my delight. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol, or let your faithful ones see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I thought of this psalm, which is the Hebrews' ancient prayer book. This one is called a miktam of David, and I think it's really fun that we have no idea what a miktam is. <laughs> We're really not sure. Some kind of musical term, probably. But I thought of this psalm because of that line. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. That's that sense of, of bigness of time and bigness of space that I want us to get into tonight. That kind of recalibration requires wide open spaces and hours. Pleasures forevermore. Like for all of time. You know what it's like when you're, uh, when someone holds the door for you. Do you, do you ever feel a little, a little um, actually resentful that that person held the door for you? Never. Like, like I'm, like I don't have anything in my hands, um, and 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 I'm perfectly capable of opening the door, but it, like gets awkward, or like especially if they if they're like, you know, like they're holding that door for me and I'm right here. It's like, well. I'm kind of a jerk if I just kind of stroll up to that door, <laughs> you know? Like, you're holding it for me. You at least have to, like, fake the little jog or, like, speed up your step. But, you know, I, do, you, do you ever feel that way? Am I the only one, like, at Wawa giving the door? Oh, yeah, and at Wawa, <laughs> which is, like, the, um, you know, cultural uh, epicenter uh, of this area, yeah, it's always awkward because there are two doors. So someone holds the door for me, and then I hold the door for them, <laughs> you know? It's fine. I actually I, I love to be courteous, and I, and I certainly take the opportunity to hold the door. I, I certainly hate it when I'm walking out the door and the person just like doesn't even consider me. You know, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that awkward moment when the person is holding the door for you too long. And sometimes I even I feel like when I'm holding the door for someone, like oftentimes I'm coming to an event here or something like that, or at some other building. I've seen a friend; they're all the way down the street, and I. And I think it'd be, I have to consider, well, I don't want to hold the door for them. 
that was just rude, you know? I'm gonna go, I, I think I just have, I have to like walk over to them. Cause I wanna, I'm only holding the door because I wanna know them and like interact with them, you know? Like this is like a little act of love, this door opening. But it gets, um, it gets awkward. Um, I think that holding the door open is that kind of weird little titan time. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very benign uh, example of like, oh no, this moment is, is completely rushed now. You know, and I, and I have to like get in the door. And I wasn't really interested in getting the, in the door that quickly. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to Wawa. This is leisure time, you know? <laughs> I'm gonna get a chicken salad hoagie. I didn't want to rush. Uh, that's what I like in Wawa, by the way. Hot peppers. That's the key. Um, the opposite are these like wide open places. Like when you're walking somewhere, and uh, the where you want to go is like beyond the horizon, or like it's a mountain, and it just it looks like it should be close, but. You know, you walk all day and it seems just as far away. I think that's the kind, that's the kind of space I'd prefer. I don't want to be in a rush. I don't want to be like, gotta get in the door. You know, gotta, gotta not inconvenience you. I mean, we can get into like my weirdness of like how worried I am about putting that person out and why I have to hurry. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about this kind of tightening when, I, when what I want you to experience tonight is, is, a, is an opening. I want, I want you to feel like you're walking and where you're getting is gonna take, you know, a few days. So listen to your body because you're not gonna make it. You know, take, take your time. It's getting dark, make camp. Where you are is fine, you got here. That's, that's the kind of wide open place. You, have you ever, I don't know, maybe you freak out in, in like too big of a space or thinking about too much of a wilderness, but if I, if I like look out across something and I just have this kind of openness, it gets me hot. It just makes me feel so free. Like, have you guys ever been up Apple Pie Hill Fire Tower in the, in the Pine Barrens? You've been up to the top? They closed it down, but no one watches. Just hop the fence and go up anyway. I guarantee it's fine. I did it several times already. Uh, you, have to, you have to climb a chain link fence, but it used to be open to the public and you weren't supposed to go up, there was just a sign that said only go up if the fire ranger, if the park ranger is here. But the park ranger was never there. They really want the pine barrens to burn down, I think. No, I think it's because they have like satellites now. Uh, but anyway, getting up there, you can see, you know, Philadelphia and Atlantic City. You can see both, you can see both of them from there. And then, and then it's surrounded by all of this green. You can't see, like as far as like down below, it's all forest. And I think that the, the pine barrens are more impressive from above because they're not all like sandy and uh, windless. <laughs> you know, being up, being up high, there's, there's this kind of openness to it. Where, where, where's a place that you've experienced that kind of open place? Give, give me a couple, like big open space. Yeah? I went for a uh, bike ride from my house to Philly and going over the bridge. Yeah. It was just like, through. Yes, up on the Ben Franklin Bridge. Anywhere else? Skydive. You went skydiving, Scott? That's the epitome of what I'm talking about. Take some bravery, but absolutely. Yeah, doesn't get much more open. Jess. Arizona. Arizona, the whole state. Yeah. Oh yeah. See everything. Don't go to Las Vegas. Oh, that's in Nevada. Okay. Yeah. Swiss Alps. 
the Swiss Alps, yeah. like looking at the Matterhorn. Well, we were, we are like a hotel with like a mom and pop, like hostel sort of thing on top of one of the mountains. So then my, like you had a balcony and in the morning you got like Alps and then like the town down below because it's like in a mountain valley, which is also like open and, and the air is indeed crisper up there. Yeah. So when we were singing before about holding on in those songs, I think it feels much easier to hold on when it's not like I have to perform at peak performance right now to like get in the door in time. Like I need to move quickly and make it and like grit up and, and do it right. You know, I, I, I much prefer the long view where I'm trying to get somewhere. Where I have this openness. I know I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna get there. Like I know I'm heading in the right direction. But like whether I navigate, you know, I don't know, this wood properly, you know, I'm going north, <laughs> you know, I'm not like going around a junk handle and trying to get somewhere. I rush around all the time. I'm all the time in this kind of like tight thing, like, I think I can get there in 12 minutes <laughs> because I have to, because I waited too long because I was doing something else. I'm, I'm, I know you, I know you might not be exactly like me, but I know that you, you have this feeling, this tightness that needs to be loosened, needs to be opened up. We need some boundary lines that feel pleasant, right? I think the boundary lines that most of us feel in 21st century uh, Eastern United States, let's say, they don't often feel very pleasant by nature or by the way that the society is set up. The boundary lines feel tight and restrictive. And I feel like I'm always trying to just get in the door so I don't inconvenience someone, as opposed to a big open space. And I'm not doing like a rural, urban thing. I'm not trying to say that we all need to move to Montana or the Swiss Alps or something like that, or Arizona. I, I want us to have the feeling, because when David is writing this psalm, his life isn't perfect. He ha he, he's, he, his boundary lines have um, fallen well so to speak, in, in, in the moment of his glory, you know, I don't know if you know much about the, the kings of Israel, but they were always fighting for their survival and barely making it. Uh, but he had a moment in the midst of all of his fight when it felt like the, he could rest secure. The lines were pleasant. And I think, I think that one of the things that, you know, of course we're thinking about this metaphorically, less, you know, none of us have our own kingdoms that we're trying to get frontiers established on. So we're thinking more about this a little metaphorically. What's the space that we want to inhabit? Where are we trying to get? What's your goal? What do you, how do you want to be new? How do you want to persist in the goodness that you've already received as you move forward, as you walk on just a little while longer? How do I have that sense of everything's gonna be all right, even when some things are very not right right now? That's what I want us to, to keep walking through. Another question for y'all. What do you remember what you wanted to be when you were a kid? Or maybe if you feel like you're a kid now, what do you want to be now? <laughs> Goalie for the Flyers. Goalie for the Flyers. One day hanging out with Gritty. You didn't even know. Uh, yes. The scariest mascot. <laughs> Astronaut. Astronaut? Yeah. Pork Ranger. Yes, that's mine. 
<laughs> Wanted to be a park ranger, absolutely. Gunsmith. Gunsmith. Gun, gun, guns. guns like like uh like old school like metallurgy or something like that. Well yeah, like just knowing how to like work on the stuff and refine uh, kind of like a lot of custom work. Anybody else? Nurse. A vigilante. A vigilante. <laughs> <laughs> I guess mean, yeah, that was the thing that there's definitely a lot of drawings of me within a video game like yeah. universe. So, like, yeah. Not on this earth. Is that yeah. some point? I've got I've got two kids, and uh, right now, Theo wants to be a fighter of some kind. Oh. So he, he's graduated into, he's four, and he wants to, so he thinks, he learned that he can't just be a fighter, I guess he'll have to be a boxer. He, he, he just learned that this week, that he could maybe be a professional boxer. He wants to hit people. Um, and Oliver wants to be a video game designer. Nice. Uh, and I want them to have a sense that the world is open to them. Like that the boundary lines for my children have fallen in pleasant places so that their dreams are not too constricted. I don't want to steal those dreams for them. Even though I would I would probably die if Theo were a professional boxer. I don't know what I would do. Like, no, that would be awful. But you know, I I don't I don't fight him yet. I love, don't listen to this when you're twenty and you're a professional boxer, Theo. I'm recording this. <laughs> Uh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But I want him to have these, uh, this open sense. And as we grow, don't you know those those lines get constricted? I don't know. This this kind of has to do with those the tightness of our culture. I think you know, and, and maybe just the tightness of, of moving through time as individuals. Like you can't be everything. The path doesn't move. You know. Uh, exactly how you wanted it to, and there were decisions that you made that you weren't even aware of that led you in a different direction. For me, I learned that I didn't want to be a park ranger because I, I started as an environmental science major at Eastern University when I was 18, and realized that science was just a lot of math, you know? And, 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 and I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to know the stuff, you know? I didn't want to like do the painstaking work of, of discovering it and cataloging it, you know? I just was fascinated, and I wanted to be paid to be fascinated. I think instead of making stuff, I might still be. I might. I might have still made it into being a park ranger if my drive for it were strong enough. I probably could have passed all statistics classes to make it if I really wanted to. But I, I went a different direction. That dream kind of fell off, and 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 my life got narrowed into what it is now. I'm really happy that uh, that this is where it led me. And I hope that you have some, some happiness in, in where God has led you, uh, even professionally. Well, that, that, that is definitely not the sum of who you are. But also, I want to, like, I think that when we look at it one way, it kind of narrows to the present moment. And I am who I am, and I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm with the people that I'm with. And it is quite specific and circumscribed. This is what is. But I also want to have, like, I want to make an hourglass out of the funnel. And I want to think, even though I'm 35, you know, I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know what is going to happen. I may not be a pastor forever. You may not be doing what you're doing forever. You may not feel stuck the way that you feel stuck right now. 
You may not feel um, as, as tight. I mean, certainly that's my prayer for you tonight, is that it starts to widen out. And not just in the outcome, but in, in your sense of what's happening. Because I think that that kind of openness, those, those pleasant boundary lines, are what are necessary for any kind of transformative growth to occur. If we feel tight and all jammed up, and there's no possibility, which I think we're taught to feel. Like, you know, you just gotta do what you gotta do. It is what it is. Deal with it. You know, that's a, that's a common message. Sometimes that's useful, but certainly not for who you are. Don't deal with who you are as if you'll never be something else. This is, this is my main point. I think we often feel like we're going to be exactly who we are forever. And in many ways you won't change, but in many ways you will a lot. And whether you plan to right now or not, you are going to change. You do change. And with Jesus moving us forward, we have a bit more freedom because I think, I don't think that Jesus like works out your life you know, like gets you buds with gritty. You know, it's not, it's not, that's not Jesus's project to like get you your dream job or your dream spouse or your dream house or your, you know, dream life so that you can sit back and say, this is exactly what I always wanted since I was 11. That's not Jesus's project. Jesus's project is to open you up so that you can be soft and ready to go with what's next. It happened long before anything good comes of it. Underneath, like we started with those roots. It happens long before any fruit can be seen. Something changes that allows you to start widening out your vision for what is next. I want to go to John 10 now. Where, you know, when I think of those, um, those wide open spaces and, and David talking about Toms, whatever that is, remember? I, I think of him as a shepherd. David was a shepherd boy. And uh, Jesus describes himself in John 10 as a good shepherd. And I kind of have a dream of being a sheep out in a wide open space. Maybe Australia. Australia is so wide open. There are more sheep in Australia than human beings. Did you know that? Uh, so I could really fit in in Australia. Because, you know, what the shepherd does is kind of makes a wide open space for the sheep. They can't be crammed in or they'll die. There's not enough food. So they, they're, they're, they, they're spread way out. But not too far. Not too far that the shepherd can't find them all and that the shepherd can't keep them all safe. And so... I think we, that Jesus also, as he widens it out, you know, some of us, that wide open space, like you might not have the same personality as me. I see a lot of head nods, but I just want to acknowledge, sometimes that big wide open space is just, that's too much, that's too unsafe. Give me my little narrow way. I need to walk exactly how I'm told because I don't want to have to make this decision for myself or I don't know what I should do or uh, I've experienced things that have made me feel kind of baseline unsafe, so actually being in the corral, in the pen, feels better, even though there's not enough food there, getting, you know, give me the artificial stuff, you know, I don't want to be out in the grassy pasture. I understand, like, that's a whole other way to be, 
than, than how I am, and that's a totally fine way to be. And you have to be who you are. So Jesus also offers us that big, wide-open vision, but within reason, you know? There are limits. It's not all up to you. You don't have to figure out where all the good grass is, or how far is too far, or is this on the other side going to be dangerous? It's not all up to you. So it's, it's safe in another way. It's big and open in that you're taken care of. So let me read what Jesus says to you. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. That's the hired hand. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Oh, I lost Psalm 16. There it is. When we get into these pleasures forevermore, I think that the, the, the wide open space that Jesus keeps us safe in even extends beyond death. And that's what he's talking about. Laying down his life and picking it back up again. He has the, the power to lay it down and to pick it up. He's going to lay down his life for the wolves that attack his sheep. But that, that will not be the end of the story. So this wide open space for Jesus, the, the safety that he provides starts with his death and resurrection. You're safe because I was safe even beyond death. And I'm going to make you safe that way too. And so that goes back to what I was saying is not Jesus' project to give you your life exactly how you want it. Jesus' project isn't either giving you your life. Like you, you might not have it. The, the, the wide open space that you choose uh, might result in death even. But Jesus' safety goes even beyond death. So you're not going to get your perfect life, and you might not even have your life, but that's okay. Because these pleasures go beyond. These wide open places, these pleasant boundary lines are on the other side of death too. What if, what if the horizon were that big? Big like beyond death, big like eternity. Jesus sticks by you all the way through all of that. So when you're in Arizona and you're looking at the sky and there's billions of stars, I hope, I hope someday if you haven't already, you can go to the desert and look at the night sky. It's fantastic. God's bigger than that. Your, your life extends beyond that. Or when you go to 
the, the Swiss Alps and all those mountains. There's just so many mountains. They just keep going. Bigger than that, too. Bigger than a fall off of that, too. When the parachute doesn't come out deeper than deeper than the ground, wider than our imagination. Let me pray and you can have a chance to talk back. Widen us out, Lord. Give us a sense of your openness to us and the openness that we can have with you to the life that you're leading us into, even beyond death. That might be too big for some of us to bear. And so we want to grow towards that. Help us to walk on and to pray on and to get to a place where we can say that everything is going to be all right. Even beyond death. We ask in your name. Amen. Something you want to say back to that? Questions? I didn't come up with a good uh, kind of prompt for you, but I'm hoping that something got stirred in you that you can start us talking. We've got like 10 minutes to talk. Tristan. I think the key to manageable wideness, at least as it's been for me in my like weekly life, has been structured free time of like, I have my week planned out, I have all things I've taken care of, and once I have those things taken care of, then I only have like two hours on a Sunday in between churches or something along those lines. And I pick that time of like, I'm not going to do anything crazy or epic with this time. I'm just going to like do what it is that I can do, take it easy, and let myself just kind of hang out. And that's helpful. Like I can keep that wideness and that openness, but in a way that's guilt-free because I know that like what it is that I have to do that would otherwise distract me is gone because I know I did it already. So that, yeah, the, 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 the limits that you put on yourself are helpful for experiencing that openness because it's not like you're always like, oh, I should be doing something else while I'm actually trying to rest in the super wideness of God. <laughs> yeah. I really liked hearing you directly talking about um, life after death, you know, and uh, because I, I, uh, I'm so pessimistic about that, you know. I, I have so many doubts. <clears throat> it's something I think about a lot, and it's something that's it's hard to believe, you know. Um, but and I, and I feel like I don't really hear about it that much. You know, I don't really hear people talk about it very confidently. So it's nice to just kind of hear it because it's such a huge part of the gospel, you know. <laughs> so such a huge part of what Jesus is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the starting point. I mean, that Jesus puts it right at the starting point for. I am the good shepherd. He's always talking about dying. Yeah. Seems like it's part of the like, major part of his plan. Yeah. <laughs> Frank and then Kendra. Um, I had a question about when you said um, he has other sheep in another pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's talking about folks that aren't uh, Hebrews, that aren't Israelites. Um, so he's talking to exclusively. Jewish people that are his disciples and he's talking about bringing them all together in one sheep pen yeah I think it's pretty pretty clear and John wrote his gospel uh, quite a bit later than the other ones we think so 
he, they'd already experienced quite a bit of inclusion. You know, if you remember the book of Acts, the main project of the book of Acts is, oh, snap, this is bigger than Jews, you know, and we have to figure that out. Um, and it takes 15 chapters for them to decide it's okay. And then they keep moving. You know, John kind of saw that. John was part of that conversation. Oh, I said Kendra, and then you, Justin. <laughs> and uh, but like to be an astronaut you have to be a pilot and to be a pilot you need to be like super smart and have like 2020 vision and there are certain things that you have to be able to do and if you don't have those you're, you're not going to space mm -hmm. right? so like if I'm dreaming to be an astronaut and I've got astigmatism and glasses so I can't right like what's the diff like what's the difference between like restrictions that are maybe like good because it's like no if you go and do that like you're gonna mess it up it's not gonna happen um and also like what's the difference between like having a dream and it or it becoming like a fantasy where it's just like yeah it's not it's not on cards mm -hmm. like, if i'm so, hanging on to being an astronaut like with that i'd be crazy yeah right yeah well I mean, I don't, so, so, you know, we, we love stories about impossible odds. You know, they, we, get, we tell them all the time. It's like imp, improbable things happen all the time. You know, Kendra D. Simone had given up on her dream to be an astronaut. She was 30-something years old. No. <laughs> no. I was counting on Elon Musk to get me to space, but he just got fired. So, uh, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. There are going to be passengers. Donna's going to space, all right? No, no, I, I know what you're asking, actually, Kendra, and it's a tricky one. You know, it's that, I think that it's, I think what, I'm, what I would say and what I was trying to say a little bit already, it was that, like, an openness to what is, like, that, that openness in, on the inside allows us to hold some of those dreams loosely, you know, and, and when we get overly attached to some things that are external, like, there's not much, like, we can't even count on our life, Jesus, like, like living and breathing. You know, Jesus' promises are only guaranteed in that he will raise you from the dead, you know? And all the rest is gravy. Um, and I'm not saying we shouldn't persist and discern and even hold on to some of those dreams and, and like, fight for them. I think that's good, and I think that sometimes it would feel like betraying yourself not to. And I, by the way, you're doing it now as an artist. You know, I know you enough to know that you're like, you are fighting for something that maybe you didn't, it wasn't your dream when you were seven, but it was certainly your dream by the time you were a teenager, right? Um, and to, to persist in that is uh, not crazy at all. And, but it requires some, some tenacity, but also some compromise and softness, some like this openness of spirit that, that's not solely based on like what the outcome is. Like everything's going to be all right, even though it's not right now. Um, you know, if I'm an artist or not, or if I'm an astronaut or not. Uh, another time Jesus said, you know, he's talking about lives and, 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 and losing them. What does it gain a person to, to gain the whole world and lose their soul? You know, like you can get all kinds of stuff, exactly what you wanted. And it might not be 
what you really need. So discerning between want and need, I think, is what you're, what you're working with, too. It's like, and I think that's a conversation. I mean, I think you should keep having it. Um, and also, maybe you'll be an astronaut. I would love that. <laughs> uh, speaking of limitations of the body, I was, um, the psalm, I really like a lot. I guess at some point in my life, I was feeling like, like, uh, like the not enough time feeling, you know, that kind of closing in, uh, and not enough energy to do everything, and then you got to sleep so much, you know? pressing need for sleep all the time. And sometimes just the body, like overcoming your will in terms of, uh, you know, you just gotta sleep so much. And um, this line where he says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel, in the night also my heart instructs me, was like really comforting to me at the time because I started to think of my sleep that, oh yeah, God's also like working on me and speaking instructing me even when I'm sleeping like how great is that I can't lose yeah you know so even like regarding sleep as not some sort of um, horrible limitation or kind of like the enemy of getting things done but no God's with me there and I didn't take my heart for something other than the Lord who gives me counsel I saw it as one one line uh. I don't know I saw I, I saw them as the same idea. Oh, like uh, my heart is a reference to God, my heart, like God, yeah. like the, the the one of my heart. Or speaking to my heart, you know, uh. like you know, in the day I receive, I got counsel all day, and at night also I'm instructed. I'm instructed. Yeah. Is how I thought of it, like two halves of a coin. They seem to be like a couplet or something. That's how the the Hebrew often works. They 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 rhyme ideas like that. So I think you're right to to connect those two directly. So that was that was a great comfort, and then it was also. Uh, time I could look forward to and protect in a way that even when I'm not actively like God God please you know or like going to study something or going to talk somebody out that you know even in the rest you know I can trust that things are coming through in my dreams and that little in between waking time and realizing it later totally well I I hadn't thought of that before Scott I think that's brilliant and I would I would actually think that maybe no it is your heart like it's, it, there's like a psychological truth in that. Like in our dreams, like our brains are resting and like some of the stuff that we dream is like, you know, sometimes really important for our spiritual life. You know, God speaks to people in dreams all the time in the Bible. Like there's, there's a reality happening as we sleep that is uh, trustworthy. And it is your, and your heart is like the one doing it. Like I'm thinking like your subconscious as, as that kind of interiorness is what they mean by heart. I want to go study the Hebrew now. This is fun. What? What? I saw a hand over here. No, Justin. Mm -hmm. So, having done quite a bit of animal corralling in my day, one one thing I can definitely say, which is just kind of thinking of like that analogy of like corral itself, it it doesn't keep the sh like the sheep or the animals in there by being this impassable physical barrier. Like if the animal wants to get out of that fence it's pretty easy, it can get over it. it can, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of times, it's just like, you know, flats of wood, and like two pieces of wood, like, it can get right through the middle of that thing. I had a goat that would go out of it, all like jump our, like long, vault right over, you know, a good like five foot fence all the time if it wanted to get out. But like what keeps it in there is 
the safety. Like they know within that, that's also protecting them from the barriers, but it doesn't prevent them from seeing the wide open space around them. And then there's this kind of like the analogy of like that being almost like eternal life. Like, well, I want to go do something. What's the worst that could happen? Well, you could die. <laughs> like, you try something new, but then it's like, well, what if that fear is removed? You know, then it's like, oh, okay. Well, then what's then maybe I can go like adventure out a little bit. Um, and then I was thinking about this my story about the Alps and stuff. I remember. Our bus driver, Yost, love that guy. Yost. He was, he was a man of very few words, probably because of the language barrier, but like they, <laughs> he was poignant when he did speak. Um, and to get up there, the, the, the turn, we had, mind you, this is like a tour bus, like a coach bus. These are like some hairpin turns, and there's like a wooden guardrail maybe as high as this. And it's like clear that like if, this, if something bad happens, trees are, are going to what is going to what stops our descent, and that's still probably not a good thing. But we weren't afraid because Yost was just like one-handed, just like, no problem, I got these turns. But I was just thinking of like, you know, when you were talking about the Good Shepherd, I was like, oh, that was like Yost, that like, like it the is good so bus easier driver. to just stay in, in the pen. You know, even then, even though I was like, well, okay, well, I don't have to worry about the death of, that leaving the pen could happen. But how do I get to that open space? Like, how do I get to that wide open space? Like, I'm, that's scary, and that's the, the, that's Jesus to me, is that is that good bus driver who's going to get me up to the top of the mountain or be the good shepherd and be like, well, I know where the best pasture is. It's a big open space, and then it's not all pasture either, you know? Yeah, I imagine if Jesus were in, you know, 1990s uh, Austria, he might have said, I am the good bus driver. Yeah. You know? Early, he's early just 2000s. Oh, okay. Early 2000s, oh, I am. I'm that old. Yeah. Started high school in 1997, y'all. That's really that's really old, right, Sherry? Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for thanks for getting into that conversation. I hope it continues and and it, and it continues to work on you. And again, my pr- I, I'll continue praying for y'all that, that you have that sense of openness. If you want to keep asking questions, talk about it, I'm certainly available after this and, and, and later on. Um, and, uh, and your cell is a great place to have some of these conversations. Even if your cell leader isn't here and doesn't have a plan to talk about it, but you like really want to talk about something, tell your cell leader this is what you want to talk about. They will talk about it. They will, they, they will love that, that. That's how it's supposed to work. Don't go to the program at the cell meeting, all right? Bring your stuff and yourself and make it what it needs to be. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.